This is the Palo Buzz, your source for all things digital marketing and technology. I'm Keith, content marketer and copywriter for Palo Creative. We're talking inbound marketing on today's podcast. Perhaps you're familiar with the methodology or brand new, and that's okay. We're going to give you a crash course on what you need to know from content management systems to email marketing metrics to leveraging bots and live chats to delighting your customers. So without further ado, the Palo Creative crew is here. Jim, our digital media director, John, marketing and media manager, and we can't forget about our digital marketers, Stephanie and Ryan. And we have a special guest today. We have Tyler, who uh, he's been helping us out last couple weeks or last couple months. How long has it been, Tyler? It's been a little over two months. Two months. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he has a new job. He's going to Pittsburgh, but he's been helping us out on the IT side. So it's bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So that's why we thought we would have you on today. Welcome. Cool. cool. Thanks. Guys. Yeah. Welcome to the Palo Buzz. Glad to be here. It doesn't mean you can never come back just because this is your last day at Palo. Right. So yeah. we, right. we need to have so, some guests on the Palo I'll Buzz. Show, so. yeah, I'll show up, up on the pod every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about inbound marketing today. And one of the, uh, one of the key pieces of it is a CMS a content management system. Uh, and Jim's here to kind of explain a little bit more in case you don't know exactly what that is or what the benefit is to customers. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word CMS, um, they, they might know it means content management system, but it gets translated into meaning website, which I think is actually a, a bit of a problem. Um, a content management system is a key component to your content marketing strategy and a, and a CMS having a system to handle that, um, you know, is a really smart thing to leverage. So managing your content um, means organizing all the pieces of content and all the information about your business or services in an electronic way. And it doesn't have to be just pinned down to the website. You know, that can be content for a web page, a landing page, a blog page. And the, yeah, those are all pieces of your website, but it's really, you know, your online presence and, and the body of information that represents what you do and uh, organizing that content. It can also be photos, videos, uh, you know, webinars, all those things. And so there's several different content management systems out there. The most popular one is WordPress, and uh, we do a lot of WordPress here. But it's not perfect. There's some pluses and minuses to WordPress. So we use other types of content management systems here. Uh, one I have a lot of uh, experience with is Drupal. That's not used as, as much uh, for content man- management as it used to be, um, but there's still a, a very strong following behind Drupal. And one of the newer ones that we've adopted um, in-house here is the HubSpot CMS, and uh, we're, really, we're really digging that. So. I don't know. Go ahead and ask me what's great about it or something. <laughs> so, Jim, what's so great about HubSpot? <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, I like HubSpot because it's there's not very much friction between like getting your content together and getting it out there to the public. WordPress is also really good at that, but WordPress, it's, it's open source, tends to not be as secure as something like HubSpot that's a paid-for, you know, licensed managed, very secure, updated system. Um, the Hub, HubSpot people handle all the updates and all the security and the hosting. So those are some worries that if you have something like HubSpot CMS, you don't have to worry about, or that you do have to worry about with WordPress. If you're hosting WordPress, somebody has to host it for you. Maybe it's GoDaddy or one of the other providers. Maybe it's on your own server. 
well, somebody has to apply the patches, do the updates. And uh, since we have Tyler in the room, <laughs> he has firsthand experience. I think for the last two months, he's basically been breaking a sweat, clicking the update yeah. button on, yeah. on plugins and keeping those secure. So, so how's that been going? <laughs> I mean, everything's updating. As far as <laughs> it, have you any of the websites crashed during update? Because that that does uh, tend to happen once yeah, in a while. A couple. Don't say which ones. <laughs> but but it's no secret when you click update on a plugin, you could crash your your whole CMS. And guess what? Your company has no content on the web the the day that happens. So so you said a couple. Yeah yeah. Every once in a while it'll happen. Yeah. So and then what do you kind of a, what do you got to do when when a plugin crashes? Um, well, I mean, if you have it backed up, you can kind of just roll back to the previous backup. Um, right. Kind of like figure out what's causing it. It really just depends on the plugin. Since it's open source, there's so many different things that can cause a website to crash from a plugin or right. something being outdated. Or sometimes plugins conflict with other plugins. So, I mean, really just depends. Yeah, so it can turn into a mess. I, I feel yeah. like it's getting, uh, sometimes I feel like it's getting more streamlined and more reliable. And then other times it's like, oh my gosh, this website's been out for three years. We have 12 plugins on it and they're not, they're all written by different people. Yeah. And, and that's a tough road. Yeah, the sites with like, those sites with like 40 plus plugins and those are the ones that like you have to be careful with. Cause we must have inherited those because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, really no one in here would install yeah. 40 plugins, but yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Oh boy. So yeah. when it comes to pricing, because that's the big oh, thing, budgets, question. how does that work? It, 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 the, more, the more that you have, the, the more that you're going to pay or is there a standard, you know, one-time fee or so forth? Or? Well, that, that's a good question because pricing comes up uh, when someone is selecting a CMS to use, one of my favorites is Sitefinity, but it's a $10,000 uh, licensing fee right off the bat, plus the development time. So you might have 20 to 30K of development, plus a 10K license, it gets pricey quick. Um, so if you're more on the budget side of things, you might go to WordPress or Drupal where it's open source and theoretically free, but you know there's no such thing as a free horse. Have you ever heard that? Or did I just make that <laughs> No such thing as a free horse. If somebody goes to give you something for free, believe me, it is not free. Yeah. You have to feed it, water it, <laughs> maintenance it, call the vet. You still got to put the shoes mm -hmm. on it. That thing's expensive. So it sounds too good to be true. It's too. Is that, <laughs> right. That's another say, right? That's another way to put it, right? <laughs> so WordPress is never free. You pay for the hosting. You have to pay for Tyler to click plugin update, and when it crashes, you have to pay for him to. To restore it and, and then call you and say hey you know the the thing you used to do with the plugin you can't do anymore you got to do it a different way um, so that that's another reason why if you're a more enterprise level customer or maybe you're a publicly traded company you can't risk this situation you want to do Sitefinity or HubSpot or something more you know professional so then I, you can also um, have fees involved with plugins so some of the plugins are professionally maintained very trustworthy, um, but then you do have an annual license fee. So you might pay 40 bucks a year, 80 bucks a year for a plugin that, you know, you can you can rely on them keeping it up with the WordPress updates because you are paying for it. They have a professional staff of programmers. So, yeah, it can add up though. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's interesting with, you know, inbound marketing, it's all about creating a valuable experience that, you know, has a positive impact on customers. And one of the features, you know, on the note of HubSpot is they have uh, some chat features, which Ryan has some information about of how that could be really beneficial to customers. Yeah. So consumers are, you know, continuing to become smarter and seek, they're seeking out more information and content as you know, much as possible. When they're researching a product or service, uh, social media has also played a role in uh, consumers wanting uh, quicker access of information. And this is a me- major reason why we're seeing more uh, more websites with chatbot features that pop up and ask, you know, if they could help you out in some way. We even have one on our own website with Jim offering to uh, answer any digital marketing question you may have. Uh, there's and two- Jim's available 24-7 on the website. <laughs> you go on there and you see his face pop up. I usually answer pretty quick. And, yeah. You know, it's not guaranteed if I'm at Starbucks or something. <laughs> so we, we like to work with HubSpot, and HubSpot has uh, two main chat features they offer, uh, a bot and a live chat, and there's uh, differences between both of these. Uh, a HubSpot bot is a chat uh, chatbot program, and it off, uh, it's used in automating uh, conversational tasks. There are, uh, these are extremely beneficial for businesses who might be able to uh, – might not be able to have the manpower to answer a lot of the questions, such as, you know, what are your business hours? Uh, so, no, do you set up those um, answers ahead of time, or is that done through HubSpot? Or you'll be able to you set them do? up yourself. You could, okay. such as, uh, you know, what are your hours? Uh, the chat, you could uh, have have those set in the okay. in there. Yeah, that's easy to do. Um, That'd be really good for holiday hours too, because oh, sometimes you don't actually, you know, take the time to jump over to Facebook or go look on Google My Business if you're already on their website. It'd be nice to ask right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if uh, they want to, they're asking something that might go to a different department that could just reroute that way. Um, Another nice feature about uh, the HubSpot bots is that they're powered by artificial intelligence, which they'll actually continue to uh, be able to better answer your questions over time. Uh, the other chat feature uh, is live chats, and that takes even a more personalized approach. Uh, Chatbots are, uh, you know, they're great, but there's nothing quite like having a human uh, interacting with another human. And this is a great option for the businesses who do have someone on staff dedicated to uh, answer questions. There's other chat pr- uh, programs aside from HubSpots, but so what's nice about HubSpots is that they'll actually integrate with a HubSpot CRM. So every contact and conversation is saved. So it's interesting because, Jim, you handle uh, the chat for Palo Creative. A client that is possibly looking into this feature, how does it work? Do you get a notification on your computer or how do you how are you how do you know when someone is coming through the website that needs assistance? Yeah. So we have some clients that are very aggressive about responding and they will respond even if they're at Starbucks or lunch Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple things that happen Um, on the computer itself. um, An alarm goes off and you can customize that you can make that alarm volume you know kind of high and and give it a specific ringtone so i know if i hear that it's a chat request and then same for your phone so you can download the hubspot app connect it to your conversations and that way um it's just seconds i mean we've timed it it's like three to five seconds if Lindsay, uh one of our clients can be away from her desk and still respond to the chat and answer questions about products so Interesting. Pretty, yeah, it's very cool. She gets really good interaction that way. And uh, it seems to be something that's used more and more over time. People are uh, sometimes less likely to pick up the phone, but they'll jump on the chat. And uh, I, I always like think it's funny because I think some people are doing it so that they can do this at work 
and and not other people not listen in. So they don't have to hear. Yeah. yeah. So if you're making travel plans and you need to chat, like of course I would never do this at work because I do this on the weekend. But you know you can chat, <laughs> and then not everybody in the office hears. Oh yeah, they're, they spent you know half hour planning. You know what next? What their next car is going to be? Um, but you could do it via chat with a live salesperson. And I've noticed also this is happening more in B two B transactions where businesses uh, will, or somebody making a purchase for a business will jump in on a chat. So it's not just consumer oriented type of chat conversations going on. So do you use them, Keith? I do. So I was having an issue with an Apple product and I went on their website and I found it interesting that the first form of communication they offered was to chat, not necessarily send them an email or call the right. 800 number. Right. It was, you know, we have a chat person standing by to help you through it. Yeah. And it was really convenient, easy. I, they fixed yeah. my problem. Yeah. And I also noticed that with the cable company, too. They recommended the chat first mm-hmm. before calling in. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, too, when you call an 800 number, you go through so many different buttons and you're talking oh, to a computer that yeah. it's, you right. can get what you need done mm-hmm. through a chat, it seems right. like now. Right. Yeah, if they want to, if you're talking to a, a phone bot or a robot on the phone, I'd much rather start with a yeah. chat bot or somebody on the chat <laughs> than like wait to listen to the whole menu, push one for this, push two for that. So my okay. trick is what I try to do is with, with the phone is I always push zero to get I to the operator. Sometimes it zero. works and other times it doesn't work for <laughs> it doesn't the work company. With the electric company. <laughs> they're on to you. <laughs> your, your response was not recognized. Please right. listen to the whole menu again. <laughs> I like the ones that they don't even give you options. It's just like, what are you calling for? And then they you actually say you have to talk you to it. Yeah. But it's oh, cool most of the time it works out though. It's just like say whatever you want to do. It's like make an appointment. Okay, make an appointment. Oh yeah. I don't know if you guys ever seen one of those. I feel like there was a TV commercial and it (laughs) slipped my mind where the guy was saying something on the phone and they kept transferring to the wrong department. He goes, no, I'm saying this, but I oh, don't re- I know what you're talking about. Which one is it? I can't think of the name. And he goes, I know no, exactly I'm not saying about. that. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a big thing. I know. That was a good That's one. That's what's frustrating because that happens yeah. to me when I say something and they're like, oh, we'll try. I'm like, no, no. Mm-hmm. And I go, operator, operator. <laughs> and I get nothing. <laughs> oh, shoot. So does anybody, anybody else use the chats more? Is that your, what do you use, Tyler, when actually, you need help with something? I actually don't think I've ever used a chat on a website. Ever? No. No, no. kidding. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, you got to try it. Out himself, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to try just, it. I don't know why I don't. Mm-hmm. I always, like, see it pop up and close it, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also don't like calling in either. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't like the whole, like, menu, like you were saying, I just hit zero until somebody answers. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, never use the chat. Mm-hmm. I'll try that. They are convenient. Yeah. Well, another interesting aspect of HubSpot is email marketing metrics. And Stephanie, you have some pretty inf- pretty interesting information about yeah, the data that they of offer. Yeah, some the different metrics. Uh-huh. So email marketing is another tactic that falls under the great umbrella of inbound marketing. Um, and it's something we do do for a number of our clients. It's a really great way to communicate and engage with people who are already interested in your brand and also nurture leads and even get in touch with lost leads. Um, so there's many different benefits of email marketing, but today I thought I'd get into some of the main metrics that we look at when reporting on email campaign performance. 
Um, so when we first send an email blast, um, of course, the first action we want a recipient to take is to, of course, open the email. It seems pretty straightforward, but of course, like that's something we like to look at. Um, so the open rate is pretty straightforward. Of course, it's the percentage of people who open the email. Um, and we kind of say anything above 20% is pretty awesome. There's, of course, a lot of different factors that increase the chances of someone opening the email, such as the subject line, um, having an enticing call to action that draws attention, or even the quality of, you know, your email list. Um, so that's one of the first things, you know, we like to take a look at. Um, after, a go question. ahead. Question. Yeah. Do you have, um, what's kind of a character limit, would you say, with a subject line? So the subject line should never be too long. It should probably be like five to eight words around okay. that length. That's what I would say. Even like short phrases kind of work too um, that kind of grab a reader's attention. And um, I'm seeing more them. emojis. I don't know if, yeah, if, 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 if that you've is. noticed that in your inbox. I get a lot of emojis now. Yep. That the is kind of up and coming. The heart emoji. Yeah, well, emojis like do capture people's attention. I feel like it's kind of like the new thing. So. I always think it's like spam if I see oh, you an do? emoji in a subject line. Though. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just like, I don't know if that's my, I'm just trained to think that way. <laughs> Jim, what's your thought on emojis <laughs> in subject lines? <laughs> Spammy. <Yeah>. Spammy. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the email too. Well, yeah, it depends know, on the subject sort of, of the email offer, or fun, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's a business to business email, I'm thinking yeah, that probably maybe won't probably work. not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if it's like an event, you're trying to sell me an event ticket or something, like a balloon, then, then I'm all right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Scratch that. <laughs> um, so then, after an open. The next action we would typically like a recipient to take is a click. So if we're dealing with some sort of offer, um, we'll typically place a call to action button on the email where, where people can click to get more information or directly get an offer. Um, so the click through rate is just the percentage of email recipients who clicked on one or more of the links that were in the email. Um, again, there's a number of different factors that play into how many clicks an email gets, such as even the industry, um, B2B and B2C, there's differences there, um, and even the number of emails a business sends per month. Um, and of course, number one would be the quality of the content you're promoting through the email. So just like with anything else, email content should be relevant, clean, and it should get people interested. Interesting about the CTA, mm -hmm. have something besides learn more. You know, yeah. the call to action, I feel like that is so dead, mm -hmm. so overused. We're trying to get creative on the CTA. Yeah, Maybe definitely. Maybe relating to the offer or so forth. Right, get more specific with CTAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, after a click, a conversion would be the final and golden goal that we would want to see happen. Um, so the conversion rate is just the percentage of email recipients who clicked on a link in the email and completed that desired action, such as filling out a form on the landing page. Um, and this metric is really important because it helps to measure return um, the business got from the email. And then you can directly like see what offers people liked and didn't like by comparing the conversion rates of each email that you sent during the months. Yeah. So, go ahead. I was say, another cool thing uh, about HubSpot, sending them out through HubSpot, mm -hmm. is when you send it, another thing you can test is how much they're actually reading. So it'll tell you, you know, they can they can see if you've either read it in full, skimmed it, glanced at it, and they'll give yeah. you those metrics, which is really mm -hmm. interesting because if, you know, if you, if you have a newsletter, for example, where you want the people to read the content and, you know, maybe not click 
click through right away. Like, mm -hmm. hey, we have a story, check this out, and then you can click through. Yeah. You can see, oh, maybe they weren't interested in the story because they just glanced and Right. Left. Gives you a lot of good information. So do you guys use Gmail at all? Yep. Yeah. Personally, yeah, yeah. in the uh, office. So. so, like, you know how you have, like, your promotions tab and, like, the social tab? Yeah. Do you know how to, like, get, when you send, like, an email from HubSpot or something, do you know how to get out of the promotions tab? Tell us. I don't know. I'm asking. We're putting that on the list. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. every once in a while they'll sneak in the main yeah. inbox and then I don't see them on my other yeah. tab. Mm -hmm. That's I don't really always smart. Read my yeah. promotions emails. Well, what's sad is my regular inbox is getting so boring, my promotion and social media tabs are like more fun now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the sales are more fun now than just my regular email. So I do check mine. But yeah. That's mm -hmm. a good, that's a really good question. And how do you yeah, end up, is. how does an email go into a promotions as opposed to a junk box, inbox? Because I have promotions in my promotions, and then I have promotions right. in the junk. Yeah. If they, it's a spam score setting, yeah. and you can adjust the spam score settings on your email program to say, hey, give me the normal spam score, you know, like five. Or if you want to be real strict and only allow, like, really legitimate emails through, maybe up it to a seven. And they apply different standards on what the, what the wording is, uh, who it was sent from. Are they on any spam lists? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So do you think that affects whether or not they end up in the promotions tab then too? No, just that end, that's how they end up in the junk. Because I've seen some emails from the same company go in both. I've had oh, really? the inbox and like another one will come through and go to the promotions. So I'm wondering if it's just the subject line. Maybe it's just yeah. the subject line. Yeah. If, it, if they see specific keywords like I'll mm -hmm. save 10%, that's mm -hmm. probably promotion. If it's, that's what hey, check out our new whatever, maybe that's legit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This was all some really great information that we shared this week. Now, we have a teaser for next week. We're talking social media. John, what are you uh, talking next week about? It's a teaser. I can't tell all. You can tell well, a no, little you bit. Tell all of it. <laughs> it's a teaser. You give something it's away. It's like media. an appetizer. Something good is happening with Instagram metrics. Ooh. Ooh. That's a tease. And Instagram is important. Instagram's important. So stay tuned mm -hmm. to the next edition. Uh -huh. So what uh, what company are you going to, Tyler? Uh, CGI in Pittsburgh. CGI in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And do you know what they do already? Or do you got to find that out when you get there? Well, they do outsourcing. <laughs> so like it just depends. Oh, outsourcing IT? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, be, I'll be doing um, software engineering. Oh. So wherever I get put. I'll wow. probably figure that out next week. Do they get, are they going to assign you to a team or a mentor or do you know how that works? Yeah, they work in teams, but it also depends on the client too. Oh, so like mm -hmm. sometimes clients will have bigger teams, or sometimes yeah, I think you're very rarely working alone. Oh yeah, so that you're pretty much always in a team, but yeah, it just that's depends. cool. So you might Pittsburgh. get uh, yeah in Pittsburgh. You should tell your new friends to listen to the Palo Bus. Yeah, um, you yeah. should. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So for the Palo Creative team, thanks for listening to the Palo Buzz. Make sure to show us some love on social media or visit our website at palocreative.com. Until next time, this has been the Palo Buzz. <laughs>